took a couple of deep breaths right before I started recording this episode. It's been a little crazy around here today. We have a toddler running around and a baby who will not nap unless she's being held and it's been a little bit difficult. I might be on borrowed time right now, but I'm hoping I I can record this. But hey, that's life, right? We kind of find our creativity and things that we need to get done sometimes in the margins of time. And wouldn't it be nice if we just had endless amounts of of time to get things done, but so often it's just in these little stolen moments. That's definitely how I feel today as I'm staring at my baby in the bassinet here right next to me, just hoping we have some extra time. Thank you so much for being here today. This is the Dear Creative Soul podcast, and I'm your host, Valerie McKeon. This podcast is my love letter to you, fellow creative souls, to help you on your journey and to encourage you. I had a realization the other day, and it really opened my eyes to some things, and I've been really excited to record this episode to share that realization with you. So the last episode, I was talking about how I've been feeling stuck and sort of debilitated with decisions. I was sharing how some of the mindset things of how I was breaking out of that, It was a quick episode and it occurred to me that a lot of those points that I made could be their own episode in and of themselves. There was a lot there in terms of mindset and I wanted to unpack one of those things today and that is choosing to believe there are no mistakes. That's one of the shifts that I'm trying to make in my own mind because I can get really caught up in thinking there's a right answer and a wrong answer or a right decision to make, a right path to go down. And this blocker rears its head in in many different ways. You might be afraid to make bad art. You might feel afraid to try to do something for fear of making a mistake. Sometimes with paintings, we we're afraid just to lay down that wrong stroke. You could also feel debilitated in making decisions of trying something new for fear of making a mistake there or choosing the wrong path. As a creative, you probably have multiple ideas swirling in your mind, multiple paths that you could try at any given moment. That sometimes, as exciting as that is to have all of those ideas, it can feel debilitating. You may not know where to begin and it just leaves you stuck. You're afraid to choose the wrong thing or the the thing that might not turn out, whatever, whatever that is. So here is my big realization and how I think that really manifests for me. So for the plats for the 12 plus years that we're in school, we're taught that there is a right answer and a wrong answer. 
how good we did in school was determined by memorizing information for a test and getting the good grade, getting the good report card. There was a total emphasis on the end result. Getting that report card, getting a good GPA, the good grade. There was definitive right answers in school and wrong answers in school. And we were just pushing through to that end result of getting good grades. I was someone who, growing up, got praised for that end result. I was a school person. I got really good grades. There's probably a lot there to unpack in terms of trying to please. And I just got good grades in school and I worked really hard to get that that end result. I put a lot of pressure on myself. In fact, this is a true story. I can't even remember what grade it was, probably junior high or high school. My dad, he actually said that he would pay me for a bad grade. He was going to give me, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but like $20 if I got a C and $50 if I got a D. He was actually... And he was serious. He was going to pay me if I got a bad grade because he saw how much pressure I was putting on myself, how hard I was working. And I felt so tied, looking now back as an adult, my identity felt so tied to getting these these good grades. The problem is with a creative endeavor, with any creative endeavor, There needs to be an emphasis on the process and not the end result. This realization of how school could have played a role in my perfectionism and constantly thinking about the end result, being afraid to make a mistake, it made a lot of sense to me. And maybe if you were somebody who really emphasized getting good grades in school, maybe that is turning a light on for you as well, that there could be some blockers there. But with creativity, you have to go through a lot of versions, a lot of bad (laughs) versions, a lot of failures and tweaks. It really is about the process not about focusing on that end result. And it it occurred to me that that fear of making a mistake is directly tied to being so adamant about achieving a certain outcome. Getting straight A's, for example, or making a painting that will sell, getting accepted into a certain group. When you become so adamant about achieving a certain outcome or a certain result, that's when those blockers pop up of fear of making a mistake. Because what if I choose the wrong path? What if I can't make that outcome happen? This may get me in trouble to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. In a lot of ways, I feel that the fine art world inhibits creativity for this very reason. 
I hear artists being so focused on winning awards, getting recognition from a certain art society or a certain group, getting into a gallery or a certain show. That is such a focus on these results that I wonder what is the result on creativity? And is this focusing on those things, although they're not bad, just like getting straight A's, that's not a bad thing, but is that the equivalent of getting straight A's and being so tied to that outcome that a part of creativity is lost or you're feeling inhibited with things that you might want to try or be experimental, bring something forth, but it feels scary because you don't want to make a mistake. But what if you choose to believe that there are no mistakes? For example, there were these two guys in the 30s And they were developing what they thought was going to be a new revolutionary wallpaper cleaner. They were hoping to make millions of dollars on this new type of cleaner. And it is so good that they weren't tied to that result and open to another option because if not, we would not have Play-Doh today. Of all things, (laughs) Play-Doh since that time has sold 700 million pounds since then. And I just laugh about that because I'm thinking wallpaper cleaner, it seems so serious and probably, I'm sure, very important to them. But instead, they got something fun and a kid's toy 700 million pounds. How cool is that? I have to just think, what if these guys had given up, thrown it in the trash? We're not, nope, the outcome didn't work out. We're moving on. We're doing something else. And although I don't know the exact specifics of how it went from failed wallpaper cleaner to Play-Doh, I have to imagine these guys had to be pretty open-minded at what they actually created. And these guys have a similar story. There were two brothers in 1898, and they were trying to make a breakfast granola bar. But they abandoned a huge pot (laughs) cooking on the stove. And when they finally realized what they had done, the oats had turned stale and hard and the whole thing was ruined. It It was this big mistake. Those two brothers are the Kellogg brothers. And that was the invention of cornflakes, which revolutionized breakfast and the way we eat breakfast by having cereal. Another instance of a mistake that if you were so tied to the outcome of the granola bar, you toss that pot in the garbage. Nope, this is a disaster. Throw your hands in the air, the frustration. But being open, and again, I'm making this up (laughs) with the Kellogg brothers. I'm not sure how it actually got from A to B, but I have to imagine that they had an open-mindedness about it and thought, hmm, what could this be? This mistake could actually be something really cool. From an art perspective, let's think about Mozart, Beethoven, Bach, 
here are some numbers for you. And I, I know it's all, it's sometimes hard to hear numbers when you're listening, but Mozart created 600 compositions in his lifetime, which was so short. I didn't realize that. Mozart died at the age of 35. Beethoven had about 650 and Bach had over a thousand. So you think about the pieces of music that are attributed to these men. And of course, they're incredibly famous, but we really only have a handful of masterworks that are well known and and constantly repeated compared that to the over 1200 between Mozart and Beethoven and then another over a thousand for Bach. I would have to assume there are a lot of compositions in there that dare I say just aren't that great. Similarly, for Picasso, here's another slew of numbers for you, but he created 1,800 paintings, 1,200 sculptures, 2,800 pieces of ceramics, and 12,000 drawings. Again, we have a handful of Picassos or that really definitive style that we can look at, you know, with the faces and and everything that we know to be as Picasso. And he's obviously one of the most, if not the most famous artist of all. But look at that body of work. So much trial and error, I'm sure. Accidents, missteps, mistakes, tweaks, trying again. Those stories are really refreshing and inspiring to me, and I hope I hope the same for you. How do we build resilience around being able to do this? How do you face the possibility that I might make a mistake, I might make a wrong turn, or how do we even just take that that off the table, the idea of making a mistake and saying there are no mistakes? How do we actually live that way to try things without being tied to the outcome so that we can have an open mind when we create and not throw away something or worse, be even afraid to try in the beginning? Well, here are a few things that that help me. First of all, and this is going to sound blunt, but this was delivered to me bluntly and I needed it that way. Nobody cares. (laughs) I had to realize nobody cares. We have it in our heads so built up when we make a mistake or we think that people are going to look at what we've done and laugh at us or make fun of us or whatever these stories are we tell ourselves. But people, especially on social media, they're just scrolling People are so caught up in what they have going on and the own stuff in their heads, their to-do list, that they really, they really don't care. And that is so freeing. Embrace trial and error. Trial and error is not wasting time. I like to play some mind tricks with myself and I say, I'm just testing. I'm just practicing. That's a big one. I'll say, this isn't an actual painting. This is a practice painting. And oftentimes when I do a practice painting and then I try to paint my serious painting, 
I like I end up liking the practice painting better because it's it's just a more spontaneity and it's in the flow and I released the pressure. So tell yourself you're practicing. Tell yourself you're just trying and testing options. Volume. Create lots of volume. And our friends Mozart and Beethoven and Bach are prime examples of why we should do this. Instead of obsessing over one project, one one path that you're trying to take, one piece of art and making it as perfect as possible before you'll share it or call it done, that is the quickest way to get yourself stuck. The truth is quantity is actually the most predictable path to quality, which we might think that's a little bit counterintuitive. We want to take something and really perfect it and really make it good. But it's it's cranking out the volume and the quantity. You'll get better. You'll see different things. You'll come up with new ideas in the process. And again, emphasizing that process and not doing something to get, get the good grade. Along those lines, fail. Practice failing and then practice failing again. I have probably just as many paintings that ended up in the trash than I keep. And it never feels good to create something that you don't like or feels like a mistake. But I learn something in each of those instances. And even if I don't and it just feels like a big waste of time in the moment and I'm frustrated, I know that it's just propelling me forward for the next painting. And the same goes if you have ideas in your mind of things to try and it feels like, oh, I don't want to pick the wrong one. Just try one. If it doesn't work out, if it fails, that's okay. I guarantee you that that's going to be a launching off point for the next thing to try. You're going to learn something from that as uncomfortable as it may seem in the moment. Moment. And I would even argue that the more uncomfortable it is, it it's almost a good thing because you become desensitized a little bit then to making a mistake or having a perceived failure. And trust me, it does not feel good in the moment, but it's building up that resilience muscle so that when you you come across these things that don't pan out again, you are not married to that outcome. You're not coming from this white knuckled place of I have to make this happen. I have to hustle and get this outcome that just leads to burnout among so many other things and and a lot of these blockers. But when we can build up that muscle of resilience that is built from making the mistakes and getting knocked down, but getting up and treating it like a game, then creativity will be definitely the end result. And along those lines, don't take yourself so seriously. I have to remind myself of this constantly. And again, just I want to white knuckle through sometimes. 
then I have to remind myself, this is fun. Even even this podcast, I'm going to be honest, it's been a day, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, and my husband, right before we recorded, I was a little bit exasperated, and he literally said to me, this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. Stop taking yourself so seriously. This isn't NPR. I'm not you know, recording something for, I don't know what, this is fun. Don't take yourself so seriously. Tackle your projects with a a lightheartedness. Be open to other possibilities as well and other ways that things can work out. Just like the Kellogg brothers and the Play-Doh guys think that Who knows what might happen when you start something new instead of only having your sights set on that outcome, which again might seem counterintuitive because we keep being told set goals and go for your dreams. But I would argue instead, if we walk into the process just with this expectation to be delighted and this expectation that something is going to happen, there's magic to uncover. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know exactly where it's going to go, where it's going to end up, where it's going to lead. But I am so excited to start and get going. If you go in it with that mindset of just loving the process, then you are far more likely to actually love the process and to get those just sparks of inspiration that might tell you to pivot. You might start a certain project thinking that it's going to go one way, but it might end up being something completely different. That's all part of it. That's part of the fun. Go into it. Expect to see magic and be delighted and just really indulge in in your creativity and that whole process. I'm going to leave you with a quote today that's very perfect for the time of year that we're in. It's spring. It feels like new beginnings. But I I also want to say I I had this thought that spring, it comes gently. Right now, it's this transition time where the buds are green, but it hasn't popped yet. There's a few daffodils. It's still winter, not quite spring. I've come to appreciate that transitional time. It, It just... It comes gently and whatever you're trying, maybe there's a new beginning on the horizon for you. Just think of it that way. It's little steps. It's not just all at once. I hope that thought is is encouraging. But today's quote, lift up your hearts. Each new hour holds new chances for new beginnings. Thank you so much for being with me today and listening. I would be so grateful if you would subscribe. And also, if you haven't left a me a review yet, I would be honored. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you're getting a lot out of it, I would love to hear what you think. If there's somebody that you know that might benefit from this episode, I'd love it if you would email them or text them the link. And also, you can find me on Instagram at Valerie McKeon. I check my DMs and would love to hear from you any takeaways that you have from this episode. Thank you so much again, and I'll see you next week. Bye.